Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a Medallia company, and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today is our second quarter special episode featuring a thought leader from the Customer Success Leadership Network. Carrie Keeling is the Global Head of Customer Success Innovation and Intelligence at VMware and has worked as a leader in customer success since before it was really called customer success. Many of her management roles have been as a remote leader or with dispersed teams, and that's what we're going to talk about today, managing remote CSMs. Carrie, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Kristen. It's so great to be here. Can you share your career path and how you landed not only in customer success, but also in leadership with us? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with my career path because it kind of leads into how I landed in leadership. Um, I got my start when I was very, very young in my late teens, early 20s in the telephony space. And this was way back in the day when voice over IP very first hit the market. Um, and when you think about if, if, when you think about voice over IP and how it works, it uses internet and basically what we now call the cloud. And it, in that, that model, it was a recurring revenue stream. And my job as a product manager in the telecom space was to keep our customers retention and grow our customers growth. So, I've been doing retention and growth for that long. Um, I went, I did that for a, uh, about 11 years. And um, basically, you know, what, what that role entailed was quite honestly, a lot of experimentation. How do I keep my customers happy? How do I get them to buy more? How do I get them to extend their contracts? And this was back at a time when there wasn't really social media, there was no networks, there weren't any people that I could just reach out to. I was a person working in a, telecom company in Idaho trying to figure out how to make my paycheck bigger because more customers meant more money for me. Longer customer, you know, longer, the longer I retained a customer, that meant more money for me. Yeah. So fast forward 11 years and uh, I moved into the software space. I started working for a company by the name of Human Concepts and they're now owned by Saba. And basically, oh, I remember human concepts. Do you? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. So yeah, they they had an off. They had built an office in the Boise, Idaho area, and okay. uh, what they what they were looking to do was basically figure out how are we going to service our customers. 
how do we surprise and delight our customers? So here's all these buzzwords that you even see in customer success today. And they were really thinking about how do we transition our customers from desktop applications into the enterprise space and then from the enterprise space into on-demand and then from on-demand SaaS. So you can kind of see the journey of how they were servicing their customers along with software's technological, their delivery journey from the days of a DVD-ROM that you used to plug into your computer to what we see now is basically everything's in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So I did that for six years and had a fantastic okay. time, built a team remotely, um, built the team, and this was a remote office. So, so as we just said, that company was located in, well, the headquarters was lo located in Sausalito, and then I had a remote office in Idaho. And there was, uh, I want to say, about 28 of us. My memory isn't as good as it used to be. So I want to <laughs> say, what, 28 of us, um, in any case, all okay. working in a remote office and driving customer success. And we did everything from shipping and receiving to billing to admin to customer success to tech support to professional services to sales engineering it's basically everything that we had in that office cool. so SaaS started to take hold and software started to kind of change in the way that they were delivering their services to the public right so so salesforce had really kind of cemented their strategy in the cloud and other providers were starting to really move with that I took a role with uh, Host Analytics, and mm -hmm. uh, they're an EPM technology based out of Redwood Shores, also remote, still located in Idaho. And um, they had never done customer success before. They were looking to build their first customer success team. So I inherited okay. a couple of team members and um, set out to figure out how customer success would work for this particular company. And I did that for about a year and had just a, had, had a blast. I mean, quite frankly, I have to say, I'm pretty lucky through these, all of these roles that I've had, I've had just a great time. Um, after great. doing that for, for a year, I moved on to um, an organization by the name of Maximizer. They're now owned by Oracle. Same thing. Okay never done customer success before, wanted to do customer success, but they were such a, an embryonic startup. They were just brand new. So what we started with was grow, growing the company itself. So we started it with business development and it wasn't really a full on customer success play at that time in the company's history. Um, later on, they would go to grow up and then get sold to, to Oracle, but that's a, that's a story for a different time. Um, moved on to... Oh my gosh, where did I go from there? Moved on to another organization, same thing, went to build customer success, um, did that for a couple of years. I moved over to Oracle. Oracle is a complete remote team, um, partnered with a couple of people that I already knew there uh, to build customer success alignment and monetize customer success for the SaaS business mm -hmm. at Oracle. Moved from Oracle to do the same thing at Juniper Networks. Um, they'd never done customer success before. They were interested in changing the way that they were servicing their customers. Uh, they were thinking a little bit more about, uh, you know, growth and retention. So built them a strategy and got them going and then moved on to where I'm at today with VMware. And I would say that probably 90% of my, my roles have been all remote, either leading remote teams or being physically remote or both. 
Very cool. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So that's great. I, I've had the chance to manage um, remote teams as well. So I'll, uh, but not nearly as extensively <laughs> as you have. Um, so I will, um, I will jump in here and there throughout this discussion, but I'm going to leave this mostly to you because I think you hands down have the most experience with this of anyone I've ever met. So um what we're going to talk about today is how to manage effectively when you've got a remote workforce, which um, right now, just so all of you know, if you're listening to this a year or two from now, um, right now we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. So um, that's why this is super relevant at the moment. Um, it's a big deal for leaders who are being asked to work from home or have team members who are being asked to or are choosing to work from home. Um, management is really its own discipline. Um, so I want to understand from you, what are the biggest differences you see between managing from an office with your team all in one spot? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I know you've had that experience too, and managing remotely. What do you see as the differences there? Yeah, I think for me, in my experience, the biggest difference is, it, well, there's two. One is convenience, and two, you take things for granted. Um, and you do it naturally. I'm not saying that in a negative way, by the way. Um, you take it for granted that you can walk down the hallway and put your head in somebody else's <laughs> window and say, hey, George, can I have five minutes of your time, right? Yeah. You take it for granted that you're going to see Emily as you're walking down the hallway. Um, and, and, and then there's the convenience factor of, oh, we're all chatting in the hallway. Hey, let's go grab, uh, you know, Bill and, and uh -huh. he needs to be a part of this. When you're working remote or when you're leading remote or, you know, maybe, maybe it's both. Um, and who knows what the future holds? Who knows whether or not we'll all be in the office or maybe half of us or, or uh, you know, I just don't know what that's going to look like. But at the end of the day, the convenient factor, I think, is the thing that bites the most people. And that's one of the things that's, that's most different because it is kind of inconvenient to stop and think, who all do I need on this call? How do I need to, to prep this meeting? What's my positioning? If I've got 45 minutes and I know that it's going to be hard for me to come back to somebody and I can't just put my face in their window and say, oh, can we finish that conversation, right? It's harder to do. Um, you've got to be pretty disciplined and purposeful with your communication style. Yeah, absolutely. And I see, see this as one of the biggest challenges that especially the newer managers we work with right now are, are dealing with. They haven't had to do this before. And so some of them have kind of got an, I guess I'd call it like an ad hoc management style mm -hmm. where it has been very dependent on like being there in person and walking around and coaching live and all of that stuff. And I think without that intentional approach, it becomes very challenging. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would also say that there's a little bit of um, generational effect as well. Um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with uh, the older generations, they're more used to speaking to people face to face. They're more used to picking up the telephone, whereas, yeah. uh, you know, the younger leaders that are that are now getting ready to take over as CEOs in, you know, in, in some of our companies today, they are WhatsApping and, and I don't even, you know what, this see my age is showing. I don't even know what the apps are that people use, <laughs> that people use right now. They Slack each other. They, all these things, right. And, and, Slack. and I think that there's a difference <laughs> there. 
yeah. um, and in truth, in, in not just leadership, but just being a team and how you communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say I've seen some of this um, frustration around remote management on the part of the more junior managers because mm -hmm. they got kind of used to um, the work that they do in an office setting and sure. having that kind of, I don't want to call it a crutch because I think there's some really good aspects of managing in person, but um, it kind of keeps you from having to be as disciplined about your communication style, I believe. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think that probably the bigger presence maybe of feeling, right? That's more about human emotion yeah. and feeling yeah. a part of something bigger versus I'm a person with a laptop sitting in my home office or in a Starbucks or wherever I might be, right? So there's there's some of that feeling of being sequestered a little bit that you experience. Yeah. Well, so I want to dive into like the details of this. So um, I'd like to start by talking about the impact that remote management can have on a leader who's remote. How do you stay connected to both the people and the information at your headquarters when you're mm -hmm. out in the field? It's not, I don't want to turn people off um, and say that it's, it's hard, but at the same token, it requires a lot of discipline. Um, there's a couple yeah. things. So it depends on the situation. Right now, almost everybody's remote. And so everybody right. <laughs> in today's world, everybody is trying very hard to be purposeful and disciplined and make sure that people are included. And, and that is because of, of the climate that we're living in today. It's top of mind, right? But as people start to get comfortable in their, in their, in their everyday lives, and as people start to settle into working from home and leading from home, you, the, you'll find that people relax a little bit and so they forget or you know the things that they did because they had to be careful and it was new they kind of maybe cut corners or however you know save time or something like that um so i feel like that that there's a couple things that that leaders need to do one keep your ear to the ground you companies will change at the speed of light and you won't even yeah. realize that it's happened because you're remote. So you've got to keep your ear to the ground. You've got to listen for key phrases. You've got to listen for things that you haven't heard of before. If there's a new player on the field, make sure that you meet them, get your name out there. Um, because like I said, the speed of business is breakneck sometimes and they'll motor on without you. I've actually had that experience. So you've got to make sure that you know what's happening in your company, talk to your leadership, your management, um, and then make sure that you're filtering that down. So, so there's that. And then secondly, I would say, you know, make sure that you're prepared because you've got a finite amount of time. Make sure that, you know, you're disciplined in not just hearing of what's happening in the business, but you're sharing that information with your team members. And that helps to alleviate some of the, the feeling of being disconnected, I think. Does that answer the yeah. question a little bit, Kristen? It does. And it, it kind of leads me to my next question, was, which was, how do you as the leader keep yourself motivated when you're working from home? Because that can be kind of challenging. Yeah, it can be. And you know, and I think it's a personality style too, a little bit. For me, I'll talk to anybody all the time. Um, that's, that's how I keep myself motivated. I like to laugh. And so I don't always, I'm not always the most professional person in the room, right? I want to crack a joke and, and, and keep myself giggling or whatever. Obviously there's a time for work. 
Um, so don't let me fool you. <laughs> um, but at the same token, you know, a couple of other ways to keep yourself motivated. Again, build those relationships, have your one-on-ones. Yeah. Um, and, and don't hesitate, especially um, as, as a leader, even if you're, even if you're an individual contributor, don't hesitate to take on a stress assignment. Um, if something yeah. is happening in your company that piques your interest, go get engaged in that. Find a way to, to become involved because that is a way that you, that, that you can then start to get some of that pride and ownership, right? Um, and yeah. that I always find helps with motivation. Um, I think that the other thing that helps with motivation, and, and, and I don't know that this gets talked about a lot, is it's very easy to forget that you have not gotten up from your desk. And that in itself yes. can really be exhaustive. And yeah. when you become exhaustive, that has, uh, that has an impact on your motivation. I it had, absolutely does. I bought a treadmill and I threw it underneath my desk. It was huge. It didn't last very long. I had to go sacrifice that for, a, for an under desk elliptical. But like if you go in Amazon, um, Amazon your way through, there are so many under the desk um, options to keep your body moving. Stand up, walk around. If you can not be looking at a PowerPoint presentation, um, I do walking meetings. So some of my one-on-ones, mm-hmm. I've got my dog and I'm walking down the road and I'm meeting <laughs> with whomever it is. And it's a walking meeting. Make sure that you, I guess really what I'm trying to say is those are some options, but get your body moving because, you, you know, when your body's healthy, your mind is too. Yeah. You got to get out from behind your desk. Um, and this is something that, you know, I work from home, um, Whenever I'm not on the road, but normally I, this time of year, I would be on the road about 50% of the time. So this is really different for me being at home as much as I have been. And I've been relying on my dog a lot. I know yeah. you and I share a love of German Shepherd dogs. So <laughs> you have two. I have one. Yours are Marvel and what's your Matrix. other Yeah, puppy. Marvel and Matrix. Mine is um, Freya. And uh, Freya dog is the one that is keeping me sane right now. She's my coworker. I talk to her <laughs> and then <laughs> also take her on walks. And even if it's just like around the block, you know, that five to 10 minute little break of walking mm-hmm. your dog can make a big difference. You don't really have a can. dog or, you know, borrow a dog yeah. or walk your cat or whatever. Um, But getting out and kind of going around for even just 10 minutes is like a whole different frame of mind. And it really helps. It does. It does help. And if you can't get away, take them with you. Yes. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what mobile phones are for. Do your Zoom meeting on your cell phone and and off you go. Um, I'm a huge believer in it. At first, and you know, it's funny, I have to bring this up because I don't know if there's anybody else out there that felt like this, but I sure did. At first, I felt guilty. I felt like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. if people hear me outside walking, they're going to think that I'm not working because they can't see me. So, you know, maybe they think that I'm monkeying around and, you know, maybe not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And what I learned over time was that they were all doing it too. <laughs> Well, and also it's very motivating for those people who need to be doing that. You know, like I actually, I took a meeting like that um, probably two or three weeks ago and it was with somebody that I meet with regularly. And now we have turned that into our regular 
yeah. thing is yeah. that she and I both are walking when we do yep. that call. Yep. It's so, so true. I guess the net net yeah. of what I'm trying to say is if, if, you know, if you're feeling worried that people may judge, you know, be judging your actions, don't just, yeah, take care of yeah. your own self. Absolutely. Yeah. And none of us need to be worried about that right now. Anyway, we have plenty <laughs> on our minds. It's so true. Oh my gosh. It's so true. <laughs> Um, okay. So I, I want to jump to, um, the management habits that you've developed to keep your team members informed Mm -hmm. as you've been remote and how do you, how do you manage their performance? Oh, that's such a good question. So, so, wow. So I'm going to tackle the first one first. Um, how do, so, so communication, I probably will even over communicate. Um, uh, I will, there, there's a couple different things that I do. First, again, I don't, I'm not a texter. I'm really bad at it. Um, but I'll pick up the telephone and dial somebody while I'm doing whatever it is, just to make sure that they know something. And, and if they do know, then cool. Sorry for being redundant. If, if not, then great. Let's have that chat. Um, I'll just pick up the phone any given time if it's on my mind. Um, I find that for me, that, that level of communication is what brings a remote team more together more, right? So it's almost having like that open door policy is like having an open phone policy. Um, yeah, so I do that great. a lot and, it, and, I, and, and I encourage it to be the opposite direction. So as an example, if I have a team member and it's nine o'clock at night and they have an idea, they have a problem, they want to do something, whatever that might be, or even if they just want to talk, um, I'm around. Um, now that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have work-life balance. That's because that's important as well. But when you're remote, you kind of make a little bit, you kind of make provisions for that. Um, so that was, so that was kind of my first point there. And then on the second one, I'm sorry, Christian, what was the second part of that question? Oh, um, how do you manage the team's performance? Yeah. So team's performance, that gets a little bit more tricky. So there's a couple different ways that you can do it. If you are managing a customer success team, you've got metrics, right? How many, I'll make up, I'll just make up something silly. How many quarterly business reviews were logged in Salesforce or your CRM or your mm-hmm. um, customer success platform? Um, how many success plans do you have on file? How many meetings? You know, those teams, you can look at mm-hmm. the practical and tactical um events in the team and and monitor that way you can look at nps scores by team member and and Uh basically kind of get a gauge so you can look at nps scores you can look at you know renewal performance that's going to help you understand whether or not your customer success team is is servicing the customer base or their book of business the way that they should be um Uh and then there's these other areas of performance right so maybe your company has mbo's um, mm-hmm. or some other type of a performance plan. Um, and, and if okay, that's the case, or yeah, exactly, exactly. I was thinking yeah. of OKRs, but I couldn't come up with the acronym. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. so if, if your company and your team is run off of that, then for me, I'm looking at that more on a monthly basis, right? So these are the things uh-huh. that we set out to go do. Did you do them? Um, where are you at? And my one-on-ones. One-on-ones are critical. Um, I yeah. would argue that they're more critical when you're operating remotely than when yes. you're in an office environment um, for that convenience factor. 
that we talked about earlier. I would argue they're always important, but <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I, I do think I that, uh, that. Yeah. they're like the most important thing that you do as a leader, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, I agree. I'm mean, like, that's one of your best ways of getting information when you are a remote leader, you know, mm-hmm. is having those one-on-ones every single week, you know, so you have that point of contact and can and talk it, to your team member, you know? Absolutely. And it doesn't hurt, by the way, to, to ping on others. So as an example, if you have an ops person and you know that that ops person is servicing customer success and sales, it doesn't hurt to yeah. reach out to sales and say, hey, you know, are you getting what you need from us? How are we doing? Um, and that'll yeah. give you a good indication on where you are as a team and it'll help you to understand whether or not, you know, you've got a team member that maybe just, maybe somebody just needs help. Um, They may be struggling in one way or the other. Right. So it'll help you to keep your finger on the pulse, so to speak. Yeah. Perfect. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This special episode is brought to you by the customer success leadership network. The Customer Success Leadership Network is a thought leadership group that focuses on increasing the adoption of customer success principles and practices, which enable businesses to achieve and sustain growth through customer retention and expansion. The broader group is governed and managed by the Customer Success Leadership Network Governing Council, a group of practicing customer success executives who are passionate about nurturing and expanding the customer success function in the software industry, and then evangelizing the discipline as a whole. For more information, you can visit CustomerSuccessNetwork.com. So Carrie, I want to talk about how to help a remote team member stay motivated when they haven't really worked remotely in the past. And I know that's true for a lot of people probably listening. How would you coach them? Well, first, I try to make it fun. Um... I mean, it depends on how they're struggling or why they're struggling. Um, Some people, I mean, in in my experience, the majority of the struggle is less about the the team member understanding what's, you know, what's expected of them or understanding their role or how to do whatever it is that they need to get done. And usually it's more about the human emotion part, right? I, I don't feel connected. I don't, I'm not part of the team. Um, right. You know, I, I don't talk to people enough. I haven't left my house, right? So, so first, I, I, I really believe in that open phone, kind of open, open office, right? Open door yeah. policy. I really believe in that. Um, I believe in establishing a very tight relationship with the team members. Um, because you really want them to tell you, (laughs) you know, I mean, if you don't have a good relationship with your team members, it's really hard for that team member to trust you enough to say, actually X, Y, or Z really stinks and I'm struggling, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to be that vulnerable if you don't have a trusting relationship. So first and foremost, it's really critical that you put that relationship in place, be an approachable manager. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you start to unpack why the team member is struggling, then you can, you can get through it. So for me, my process is I do try to stay light and jovial um, mm-hmm. so that A, I make it fun, but B, if there is something serious that we do need to talk about or, or deal with, then we do. Um, I try very hard not to judge. We're in, we're, <laughs> It's tough right now, you know, when we yeah, think about, it really we think is. about the economy and we think about 
people's family lives and we think about you know if they're a if, if if they're a parent now they've got kids at home and they're trying to work and the you know and they're sharing space with spouses and oh my gosh I do you know I don't think my arm is long enough for this list that that uh, of things so again I try really yeah. hard not to judge um, because I want a safe space for the team member to share but really the coaching is going to be dependent upon what it is that they need Sometimes if they're overworked, we can repurpose work. Sometimes we can mm-hmm. reprioritize and we can, you know, I can say, okay, hey, with your stress, what's going on? Tell me all about it. Okay, you can't get to these three things. Great, let's negotiate. What can you do? And can we get help from somewhere else? Or is it something that we can just wait a little bit on, right? So we can look at those types mm-hmm. of things. There's a lot of different ways that you can get flexible. Um, I try to lend a hand before I lend coaching. Um, because I find with, with, you know, I find with CSMs, usually it's more about that when there is, when there is a coaching session needed, because it's not necessarily the workload or anything along that line. Um, really, again, it's about that relationship. You've got to, you've got to have that developed relationship with the team member so that you can have a, a good old fashioned, heart to heart, honest conversation and, and get to the root. That's great advice for everybody. Um, as you are working remotely, what systems and tools do you find most helpful as a remote leader? There are so many. There's Slack. There's <laughs> What's your teams. favorite? Okay, there's Slack. Text. There's email. There's yeah. phone. There's, oh my gosh. Like, I almost feel like I have attention deficit sometimes because there's binging and bonging and things that are happening all over the place. Um, my yeah. favorite is... Teams is becoming a thing. Um, it hasn't been my favorite up until now. Um, it's becoming something that I like. I have to admit and, and not fool everybody. I didn't love it at first. And that was just because it was new. And I thought, oh my gosh, one more thing to communicate on. But right. it's pretty consolidated though. So you can file share, you can do meetings, you can have conversations, you can do online t- uh, uh, video conferencing. I mean, there's a lot of different ways mm-hmm. that you can leverage that. So I do like the the consolidated uh, portion of it, but I got to say, I still like Slack. Um, I like Slack because I just find it easier and it's on my telephone and I can kind of, people can get a hold of me wherever and whenever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, I'm like you. I find it challenging to have so many different things coming at me and anything that can could consolidate all of that would be great. So if that works for you, that's awesome. Um, this is why I haven't really been very good at Slack because I just feel like for me, it's just one other thing. And if you multiply Slack times all of our clients, it's a lot. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's cool. Um, I, I think it's always good to kind of have the tools that work for you in mm-hmm. your back pocket and um you know of course you're, you're somewhat constrained by whatever your company has to offer but um but i love i love that um so as many companies are starting to open their offices back up some folks are already transitioning back to working from work mm-hmm. um but you know with all the news lately um we're we're taping this in july mid-july of 2020 um it seems like there's probably going to be a little bit of back and forth because there's uh, offices already that have opened up and then shut right back down yeah. because 
COVID is, is kind of going up and down everywhere around the U.S. anyway right now. Um, so I can see there being a lot of back and forth. Uh, how can managers prepare for those transitions and help make those transitions as smooth as possible for their teams? Yeah, you know, I wish I had a better answer. I don't know that you can be very well prepared. Really, the best yeah. way that you can prepare is, is prepare to be flexible. Um, and isn't that cliche? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I think that's true of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but but if I'm honest, you know, um, when when I think about what what you just said, you know, we opened up. Oh, we regretted that. We're going to close back down again. Um, yeah, you know that just be flexible. That's really about all you can do. You can't, I don't know anybody that can predict what's happening in today's climate. Um, right. I, I, I feel like the best thing to do if, if you can, as a leader, voice your opinion, if you can prolong going back to work and you have a say or a voice, use it. Um, and I say yeah. that not because of the virus. I, 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 I'm certainly no medical professional at all. Uh, I say mm -hmm. that because bouncing around your team can get tiresome, right? People become fatigued. Mm -hmm. So if you can avoid some of that just by being a little more patient, then, then that's beneficial. Um, you may... I think that's beneficial in a couple of ways too, mm -hmm. if I could just jump in. I think it's beneficial to your team, but it's also beneficial to your customers because yeah. ultimately your team bouncing around and having, you know, that kind of chaos in their life has a direct impact on your customers and customers really like um, consistency. And if they can um, count on your team to be in certain places at certain times, that's better for your customers. And so um, I think that's a component too that we need to be taking into account in our field anyway. A hundred percent. I think that's such a really, really valid point. Um, absolutely a valid point. And, and to expand on that, um, you know, the benefit of the customer is really <laughs> think about the time that it takes to relocate from one office to another. And now you've got to get set back right. up. And in some companies, you've got to reestablish your security badging and, 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 and whatnot. Yep. Right. So there's some time spent going between place to place. Um, so that also helps your team be, be a little more available than, than they may otherwise be. Right. Yeah. I think that's really important to note. Um, so I want to kind of pull this all together as we wrap up our conversation. What are some resources that you would recommend for remote leaders or even in-office leaders who have remote team members? Resources. Use your team. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, seriously, use your team. I know that sounds crazy, but let me elaborate on that. Um, have your team meetings. Have your one-on-ones, but use your entire team. Use HR. Use your finance people. Use your everybody and bring everybody together. Um, I find that when I'm remote, I actually talk to more people. And, and end up in a, in a far more cross-functional role than what I have in other, in other in office environments. Because usually you kind of get sucked into the same old water cooler 
right? In the same direction yeah. <laughs> down the same hallway. Yeah. Uh, because we're, we're creatures of habit. Um, so use your team, leverage the team. Those are some of the best resources that, that you have. Um, again, don't forget about your bodies. Get up, move. Um, I believe me, you, it, it's crazy. You'll go a week and haven't let you know and will not have left your house not even to go for a walk and then not realize why am I so grumpy so use use the outside yeah. as a resource as well um walk your dog walk your kid walk, <laughs> walk your cat well, yeah walk your kids <laughs> walk your cat whatever it is just do something <laughs> do something um you know I mean there's there's not you there's and and by the way LinkedIn there are so many people right now mm -hmm. talking about working remote and how to you know there's so many little tips and tricks and how to's um that are, that are all good um so i yeah. would absolutely say don't hesitate to use that and and by the way don't be shy if there's if you're stuck if you're not sure there's a ton of people because the the cs leadership network reach out to any of us we'll ask we'll answer questions yeah um there's you know there's just so many resources i don't have a favorite because i kind of pick and choose which ones i'm going to use yeah. for the situation <laughs> yeah well i would just i would just i guess encourage everybody out there if you're struggling with something as a remote leader i guarantee you there are many many other leaders that are struggling with that exact same thing so don't be afraid to ask about it or bring it up or use whatever forum you are a part of to talk about it because talking about it is how you can think of creative ways to address it so yeah it's true don't don't be afraid to bring it up yep okay so last question and this is the one that we ask in every one of these interviews what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why Oh, the biggest trend. Well, yeah, I think the biggest trend. Well, oh my gosh. Wow. I wasn't, I know it's a big one. question, There's right? So many pick one. Hmm. I know. Pick one. Um, pick your favorite, Carrie. You know what? I'm going to say that right now, customer success managers are trying to figure out how they're going to service their customers in a changing climate. Yeah. So the enterprise level CSMs that used to hop on an airplane and shake hands and kiss babies, you can't do that anymore, right? And so people are trying to figure right. that out. How do I deliver stellar service to my customer and drive value with them um, when I can't do that on an airplane, you know, from without getting on an airplane, right? Or right. sorry, I said that the wrong way. Let me try that one more time. Please excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> when I cannot get on an airplane and I still have to deliver stellar service to my customer, right? Yeah. How do I do that? Um, so I think that, that that's one of the trends. And I think that that's just kind of, we're all forced to, to figure that out, um, which I think drives the conversation that we're having today. So yeah, that's one is, of my favorites, you know, I think. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of forcing some really cool creativity in our field, which I like actually. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for representing the Customer Success Leadership Network today on the show. And thanks for joining me. I love this topic. I had so much fun talking with you about ways to manage from home. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Likewise, Kristen. Thank you so much. It's been a, it's, it's, I've just had a blast. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, how should someone get in touch with you if they want to reach out? LinkedIn. Absolutely. 
Um, okay. My email is connected to that. So, so okay. anybody that wants to chat, has questions, um, has ideas, looking for a little bit of advice, by all means, please don't hesitate to, to reach out. Cool. Thank you. I All also right. want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.